everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. everyone. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And as you know, we sit down together every week and we talk through scripture and truth. And in this episode, we are diving into Leviticus, which as my mom says in this episode, it is one of the most neglected books, but also one of the most powerful. And we kind of talk through why, why is it so powerful? Why as New Testament believers, do we need to care about Leviticus or why is it important to us? And what's the importance of the blood and the lamb? And, you know, how does that compare to the blood of Jesus? And it is a really great episode. And we dive into some topics that I don't know, who knew that it was in Leviticus. So we are really glad you're here. Pull up a chair and listen in. Hello, Kara. Hello, Mom. We are in Leviticus. <laughs> we are in Leviticus. We finally. Well, you are. Well, this is true. I'm still in Exodus in my reading. I can't. <laughs> I'm so behind. Um, so thankfully, there's grace here. Yep. I'll catch up eventually. But um, thankful for you, we're not doing these sacrifices on the altars anymore. Well, it's not going to be fun when I have to catch up in Leviticus because mm-hmm. that. It's hard. I know that there's a lot, there's beneficial truths in Leviticus, but mm-hmm. it's not a very fun book. You know, it really is not a very fun book. Uh, it is probably the most neglected, uh, but most powerful book in the you Bible. You think it is? Yeah, it really is. You it's think very it's very neglected. But no, I, I, I believe that yeah. because I don't want to read it. But you think it's one of the most powerful? I do. For one thing, you cannot understand Hebrews if you don't read Leviticus. Uh, Hebrews would make zero sense to you because he talks about Jesus being the high priest and uh, the veil being uh, ripped from top to bottom. And what would that make any sense? The cross wouldn't make any sense to you. Uh, why shed the blood? That's really interesting because I would venture to say that most Christians, at least in the South of the United States, or maybe United States, have probably all read Hebrews, but not Leviticus. Well, that's an extreme. That's extreme, Kara. Well, I just think, no, I mean, I think Hebrews is You're more right. well-read than Leviticus. I, is Absolutely, because it's New Testament, and everybody, you know, usually tries to study more the New Testament than they do the Old Testament. And I don't blame you. I, I'm telling you, Leviticus is hard. Don't get me wrong. Don't act like... I don't want to act like I'm sitting here loving Leviticus for any stretch of the imagination. I don't even like meat. So the thoughts <laughs> of these animals being slaughtered and taking the blood and splashing it all around the altar yes. and putting it on the earlobe and all of these things. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I tend to have to pause for a couple moments. And, and to be honest, sometimes I try to, you know, when I'm reading the scripture, visualize like what's really going on. In Leviticus, not so much. I do not want to visualize what's really going on. So I'm very thankful if we were 
never thankful for the cross. This would be one of the reasons we would be very thankful for the cross. Because of the cross, you know, we don't have to sacrifice an animal, you know, mm-hmm. which is which is a beautiful thing. Of course, what's awful is that Jesus had to be sacrificed. He was sacrificed and his blood was shed for us. And if you, you know, were to read uh, Leviticus and Hebrews together, I, I think you would have a better picture of the sacrifice. You know, we just left Exodus. Well, some of us has. And with Exodus, we were told where to worship. We had the tabernacle and stuff. Well, Leviticus tells us how to worship. And next week we'll talk about holy. But what I, I found so interesting, Kara, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this or not, but in Leviticus, it talks about life is in the blood. And all through the Old Testament, even, actually, even, I think, at going into the New Testament, God still had forbidden the Jewish people to eat the blood of the animal. And it says that the life is in the blood. What do you mean? Explain that a little bit of the blood of the animal. Do we eat that now? I do not eat the blood. <laughs> I'm just saying, why did, they have, why did they have to be told to not eat the blood of the animal? After all of the restrictions and stuff that uh, God had given to the Israelites, you know, to learn how to, to worship Him, but to learn how to live together, you know, we hear all kinds of restrictions about uh, not sleeping with your mother, which that seems so weird. Like, do you have to say that? But obviously they did because it would be in there. So there are all kinds of, you know, guidelines on how to live. In Leviticus, we hear about that. So the Israelites had to to know how to live because they were going to be involved in going into these pagan countries. And so these nations. And so these people, you know, had certain ways that they would worship. So there is all of these restrictions and all of these things of how we were supposed to live. But one of the things that was very sacred to God was the blood. Did, so did they, so, were they eating the blood? Well, they would not. Of the animals? Well, the pagans did. And so um, I think, I mean, people today, that's one of the things that, we won't talk about that. It's another topic. But so many people think, you know, about the restrictions on how to eat the way that, it, you know, back in the Bible time and stuff like that. You know, there's a, a lot of diets now uh, that go about how to eat like it was, you know, in the Old Testament. And so a lot of people are very, very strict on not eating their meat raw, and some of Christians don't think anything about it. But what I want to talk about is this. It's not necessarily that, but what I found interesting is that it says, do not eat the blood of the animals, because in the blood there is life. And you can do that as a symbolism. Obviously, Jesus gave his life because he shed his blood. But I got to thinking about you listening to all of these crime things. Oh, okay. So now I'm touching a story. Uh Well, no, I just need to explain it to the people Uh who don't know my life. I have recently gotten into true crime podcasts. I drive back and forth from Atlanta to Nashville a lot because I live in Nashville and my family and a lot of my work is in Atlanta. So I go back and forth a lot. 
And I, the last couple of months, have gotten into these true crime podcast episodes that they have just helped me get through the drive. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, hearing about all these murder stories while Which, I'm driving. I, I know. I, I cannot <laughs> even comprehend. I've keeping so, my mind, mind on that, but that's beside the yes. point. But for years, we didn't have the technology. We didn't have the ability to use the DNA. Right, and which I did not know that. That's one thing I learned in this and what I've been listening to is that's like as of like the 90s or mm-hmm. whatever, maybe even after that. But yeah, I did not realize how new of a technology advancement that was, especially for crimes. And some people have been uh, acquitted because the DNA didn't match. Right. I mean, there were a lot of people that were right. accused of a murder and then found out later they were able to get off because mm-hmm. they were accused of false sleep. But DNA, the things that they can learn through I mean, the it DNA. Is crazy. That they can even see what part of the body it came from because there's certain, you know, like brain has different DNA than the blood, you know, like the, all the makeups and all that. Like it is, it's crazy what they can see just like with the tiniest bit. And it's not just blood DNA, it's, you know, hair or mm-hmm. Fingernails and things flesh, like that. But, yeah, yeah, like flesh. so crazy. But I just—I didn't mean that in a gross way. I just meant like well, it t- is like, a gross okay. way. Anyway, I, I mean you—you <laughs> you may enjoy Leviticus after re- listening to all of that. But I'm just saying <laughs> that for me, it, it's just like I was thinking how God says there's life in the blood, and how Jesus has given His blood, He shed His blood for our sins, and you'll see all of that in Leviticus of how. There was moments when you would have to shed your an animal, or if you were poor, you'd mm-hmm. do pigeons and stuff like that. But it was to cover up. It talks about is a covering. And so the truth of the matter is an animal cannot pay for the sins, but it was a covering. It was a symbolism that when Jesus came once and for all, because he was the perfect sacrifice, because he was the perfect Lamb of God— that he was able to pay for our sins once and for all because he was perfect. Now, the animals, you know, they would say it should be perfect. It should be, you like know, blameless, or blameless spotless and or, spotless or, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is, again, symbolism that Jesus was, you know, sinless. But it was a covering. It was a covering for the sins of the people. And so they right. would bring the animals, like and the stuff. Passover, like putting right. the yes, that's what atonement the blood is on the yes. doorposts, and because mm-hmm. actually the atonement means to cover. It, it was a covering. It was covering mm-hmm. over uh, the doorpost, and so when uh, the death angel came through, right. you know, if the blood wasn't on the doorpost, then the firstborn was killed. So I just found it so amazing to me when I started reading this again for the what. 30th year. I don't even know. Right. I mean, it's crazy. All of a sudden, I just started thinking about these DNA and how life is in the blood. And and then I started thinking about Jesus shedding his blood and that life is in the blood. And and one of the things about Leviticus is the importance of holiness and how that God is holy. And mm-hmm. I think we kind of get away from that a lot of, you know, I think next week we're going to talk about God saying, be ye holy because I am holy. And that's how frustrating that is because how can you be holy? One, I think because it can be looked over or not thought of 
as much because I, I think it's really hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Like I don't, it's like we don't, we don't really know what that means exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, um, like what means being holy? What that like means? to be holy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes we can lose sight of God's holiness because one, it's hard to grasp and wrap our mind around. It's like, okay, so what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. Or how does that, how does that play out? Yeah. <laughs> or you know, whatever. How but, can we be holy when we're so sinful? Yeah, and it's like, okay, what? I don't know. I just think it's hard to, for us to wrap our mind around. Well, it is. It's not very tangible. It's not like. Oh, at least I'll speak for myself. And I do, even though I'm not in Leviticus yet, I do remember the first few times reading it, really seeing the power of God's holiness because Mm -hmm. of, you know, only certain people being able to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. Or Or had to approach God. Right. Like if someone were to enter into the presence, like, um, into the tent of is it tent of meeting? Or no, sorry? holies of holies. Um, well, they they okay, only the high priest could go into the holies of holies. But right, and if you didn't, I mean, if if someone else did, they were if they weren't a priest, and they would be like struck down immediately. Mm-hmm. It's just like the reverence. I think we tend to lose a little bit of sight of that. And when I was reading that in you know the Old Testament, it is it is eye opening to be like, wow, that it's a serious it's a serious thing. You know, the yeah. holiness of God is very, um, it's very real. And, yeah. and, and we, and we have really limited or stripped him down to not be as holy, but, and we take grace and we, and of course we have grace and we have love and we have mercy. Those are the characteristics and the attributes of God. But we take that so out of balance that we think that God is just kind of winking at sin and stuff, but that's next week. So we're going to talk about that next week. I think sometimes we want to understand so much as humans that we maybe unintentionally can kind of dumb down some of the things mm-hmm. in the Bible but so that we can understand it instead of just embracing the mystery of God and being like, okay, I don't really understand how this holiness thing works out, or I don't really understand what it means for even like the blood and the life thing, you know, but it's kind of taking it and be like, it's okay that I don't get it. Like there's an element of mystery to God that we will never understand. Like I like there's a part of me, I'll be honest, that I don't really get the whole blood covering and like why it had to be a sacrifice and why like there's a part of me where I'm like, I kinda like I get it. Like it makes sense to me, but I'm also like, I don't understand why like the blood is a, that important. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so Well there's life in the blood. Just remember that. So when Jesus wants to come and give us life, he wanted to shed his blood. But but I get what you're saying. You're saying, I don't really understand. Like Why I did he choose blood? A, yeah, it's like I can't spend a lot of time in that because it could get me away from the main thing. And it mm-hmm. could, like I may never understand it. And it's just kind of like, okay, I don't really get it. I accept the fact that I don't get it fully. Like I understand, but I don't <laughs> kind of thing. I know you hate when I say that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like yes. I get it, but I don't. Yeah. But um, means you don't get it. I don't know. Well, it's, here's what yeah, I want to say. Listen to me. You're looking at me? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We cannot ever figure out why God chose to use blood other than, right. as I've said 15 times, there's life in the blood, and He wanted to restore our life. He wanted to rescue our lives. He wanted to um, bring us back to life because we had died um, in our sins, in our spirit. But when we go back to Genesis 3 
and Adam and Eve had put on their little fig leaves, you know, they, you know, had mm-hmm. their little designer outfit on, the little mm-hmm. clothes, you know, started immediately um, covering themselves with the fig leaf. God said, no, no, you're not going to cover up your sin. You can't. And so he shed the blood of the animal. So from the very beginning, for whatever reason, God chose to use the blood of the animal. And we see it in Genesis 3, and it's where it was sin. And I think the lifeline and the, you know, we see a lot. We talk about the genealogy. We talk about the lifeline. We talk about David being in the family, the lifeline of the, you know, Messiah, and how all that works out because it's the DNA, it's the blood in there. So we, you know, can see a little bit when we kind of compare it to, you know, oh, you know, we really find a lot about these people just by studying their blood. You know, just the other day, I went and gave blood, and, you know, it was, you know, when I gave blood that, you know, he would tell me that I had some of the physical issues that I have. And so mm-hmm. there's so much that that can be seen in the blood. So It really it, is amazing if you think about it, like everything that they, like everything that the blood speaks to, like our blood, like the DNA, like you're saying, like it really is like just saying, I know, you know, with COVID, I know mm-hmm. that if you have antibodies, they can, because of how the antibodies are, they can see roughly when you had yeah. COVID, like, oh, you probably had it more recently, mm-hmm. or you probably had a long, you know, and yeah, different things of even like, I, I just... Again, it's one of those things where like, I do not understand DNA and how it all works. And I'm like, I don't understand how you see see those things. And it's just so fascinating what a human body can do. And and apart from that, I mean, God created it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just there is so much intention, I think, of that and just and in those details. It's amazing. Well, it is, but when you think about the heart of God and His character and how He wants us to come alive, He wants us to be fully alive. He wants us to be ourselves. He wants us to know that we're unique, that we're not, you know, all the same, and He doesn't want us to compare ourselves. You know, there's so many things that God does to show us how special we are, and I think that the blood— is one of those ways of how it really brings value of who you are. Well, if you think about it, like every single human has always, like everyone has a different DNA mm-hmm. from the beginning to now. Like how have there been that many combinations of whatever DNA, you know, like whatever it is, like it's just amazing. It really is amazing going to what you're saying of just the individual individuality. Wow, why is that so hard to say? That, uh, but that's the, a big word for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like just the like you're saying of just how unique we all are and God, how God's created us. Mm-hmm. And he just look like he knows exactly, you know, like we have to wait to we can have DNA testing. Yeah. And we, they can't test it until they, they it has to match. Whereas mm-hmm. God can look in our DNA on a, you know, and he knows exactly who it is because. He created us. He created, yeah. And I just love uh, the thought about how Jesus came and gave his life and shed his blood for us so that we could have life. To me, that brought Leviticus to life to me. 
all of a sudden, I realized that they were getting ready. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't even know Jesus was there, you know, when he came, that he was the Messiah. But they had been doing this for years and years and years. And one of the most special and sacred uh, day is the Day of Atonement. It is the greatest day of Israel. What's the Day of Atonement? The Day of Atonement is the Passover. It means to cover. And so the Old Testament sacrifices, you know, it couldn't remove the sins, but it only covered them. So when the people would confess their sins to the priest and stuff like that, they would have to do it in the most holy places. And I just think that it's just an opportunity for us to just sit back and think about Christ's sacrifice on the cross and what it means to us and how that he knew that if he hadn't died, we'd still have to kill those animals. It would, it would, our sins would not really be forgiven. They're just covered up for a moment of time. And, that's what's uh, so crazy, and this is, again, I can't get into it too much because I don't get it, but it's so weird to me that they had to sacrifice animals, mm-hmm. and we don't have to anymore. And I, I get it because it's because—I get it that it's because of Jesus. That's where it's like I get that fully, clearly. But it's just a crazy concept to me, I guess, that doesn't really fully make sense because I'm like, they had to—they just had to keep sacrificing animals. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, we don't have to. That's right. Which it's is crazy. A, I don't know. Which, which makes the church service a lot better, a lot more fun. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I will say that it's not necessarily, you know, I mean, in all reality and, and in all, with all seriousness, I, I'm reading Leviticus and thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I just can't even imagine. Like, did they have to kill animals, like, all the time? Like, how— Yes, they. That's what I'm just like. Sin. Like every time, every time they. So it's basically like every day because you sin every day, and they well, would have to kill. Well, they didn't always. They had the Sabbath. You know, they had they had to rest. Mm-hmm. They, if you know, depending upon the type of sin, there was different atonements. There was different sacrifices, and there was different feasts and things that you know all through Leviticus. It was about how to worship, but when they wanted for the sins that was the day of atonement that was to remind them about the blood which is so uh jesus's death so i have a question makes us realize that so like we you've said and we if you read leviticus you do see a lot of the restrictions and a lot of the quote-unquote rules i guess of how how to live like this is how to best live your life basically in in this time how do you like reconcile that with the New Testament, like all of those, because we don't we don't go by a lot of those anymore or any of them really. In terms of like we don't have to keep track of like no one even reads Leviticus, so like no most people don't even know what they are. So like how do you like all these restrictions in Leviticus? Well, what does that, that mean was for the us? law. That was a lot of the laws, but the remember this was written to the Israelites because they were they haven't gotten to the Promised Land yet. So these are, you know, still with the Ten Commandments, and then this is how you're to worship me. And Yeah, I'm just saying, like, how can we take that, how can we take that part of the Leviticus book and apply it to our lives today? Because because it's not not to us, technically, because it's, Mm -hmm. you know— well, I think what we've been talking about the whole time, we're talking about how it compares to the cross and how we are to look at God as holy and that God— God is very serious about sin because it killed his son. And 
we see that when we can just immediately draw close to God, we can enter into the presence. We can go into the holies of holies and enter into the presence of God based on the blood of Jesus Christ. So when you're looking at Leviticus and you're seeing how that, you know, only the priest could go, only the high priest could go and take an atonement for sin. Well, Jesus was the high priest, and he was able to go in and make an atonement for our sin. So when you're reading Leviticus, there are rules. There's, you know, some, you know, dietary rules. There's actually rules of how to live morally. There are all kinds of rules. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus came, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So there are uh, many things that Jesus said about, he said, you know, it is written, you should not uh, murder. I say, if you hate your brother, then Mm -hmm. that's like murder. So he did not do away with the Ten Commandments. He added to them, actually. Right. It's just not, we don't have, that's not the law that we're under anymore because it's, we're under the covenant of G with Jesus. We're in the new covenant. But in the Old Testament, what was going on was to do these things to be accepted by God. We are accepted by God because of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. they were out of obedience doing these things, and it restored yeah. their relationship with God, where Jesus' death on the cross is His right. shedding of the blood. That's what redeemed us that restored, and rescued yeah. us and restored us back into a what, relationship with the Holy God. Right. And I think it's, I was just thinking like a lot of people, that's one of their pushbacks with Christianity. It's like, oh, there's so many rules and so many, you know, like restrictions or, mm-hmm. you know, prohibited to do things or whatever. And I think when that's one thing when you do read through Leviticus and see what those restrictions are, at the end of the day, they're all placed there for the good of the person. It's not for control. It's not, I mean, it's just like putting rules on your children when they're, you know, young. It's like you don't have them playing with kitchen knives or, you know, sticking their head in the oven or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like so that they can live their best life. And so it's like that similar of anything that God whether it's you want to look at it as like prohibiting or maybe not allowing or rules or restrictions, whatever you want to call it, it's so that we can live free, Free. so that we can Mm -hmm. live a life, a full life, and that we can live out of exactly who we are and all that. And so, and that's the whole point, Kara. The whole reason that Jesus died is so that we'd be free. Sin is in bondage. Sin causes you to be enslaved. And I find out all these people like, oh, I don't want to do these things. Nobody can tell me what to do. Well, the very thing that they're doing enslaves them. So they they think they're so free to do them, but then they find themselves enslaved to the very thing they think they found freedom in. And I think for us, we have to look at these things that God's put these restrictions or told us these to-dos and to-not-dos and you know, what to do and what not to do. I think you have to realize that this doesn't change God. Like us doing what God's told us to do does not change the character and the power and the awesome of who God is or the holiness of God. It changes us. So when God says, or I say to you, let me just go with this way. Say, I say to you, Kara, don't do these things or, you know, to a 
my grandson don't play with a knife, it's not because I'm going to be affected, even though I might be brokenhearted, but I know mm-hmm. that it's going to destroy you. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where... Or it has the potential to. Absolutely. Right. And, right. you know, not handled in the right way and you play with it long enough, you know, you're going right. to get hurt. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you were to cut your hand off with that knife, like there, it can be healed and, or, you know, whatever, but it's like, well, you know, God, you, still got, you don't have, have an eye. That. Yeah, you still like don't have a hand. Right. And it's like, well, that, you know, God didn't want that to happen. But anyway, I, I was just thinking of, you know, with all those rules and restrictions in Leviticus, it can, and that's why some people don't love Christianity or haven't accepted, you know, Jesus because they feel like, They're you know, I want to live life. Yeah. And it's like, well, like you, you can't live in the world and not have like restrictions or boundaries to some degree, you know, like well, you, there's, it's well, like it's there's, stop, there's a stoplight. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you have, have to stop. You, yeah. <laughs> right. And you're afraid to run it. Or, right, but you may but, die. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that one of the things that as you're getting into Leviticus, and I know that eventually you will, mm-hmm. that when you just start to think about how detailed and how God wanted us to know him and how God wanted the Israelites to know him and how God wanted to protect them. You know, that's why, you know, he talked about don't live with mold. Don't live with someone that's got a skin disease, like put them, you know, quarantine them kind of things. Not they didn't have COVID, but Mm -hmm. to uh, put them aside so that they could get well so that the other people would not catch it. Everything that God has ever asked us to do has been for our benefit, is to protect us. Uh, sometimes I think for from ourselves, uh, because we don't have enough sense sometimes to know what we should and should not do. But I think mm-hmm. as, as we finish up today, it's just as you read Leviticus, I want there's two things, and that is the detail that God went to show us what it means to be holy, and how that He is holy, and that the need for a Savior, that we need to be saved, that the shedding of the blood, that there is no way we could pay for our sins. There's no way we can do to make ourselves holy, and there's nothing we could do that could wipe away our sins and to make us holy. And so all of the things that you read in Leviticus is just a picture of what's to come. And he was getting the Israelites ready to know this. Ironically, when Jesus did come, they missed him. And they were so caught up in all their sacrifices, and they were still up until a certain period of time when Rome finally refused to let them, you know, uh, when the temple was no longer there and they couldn't do the sacrificing. But until then, they were still you know, going to the temple and talking to the high priest and uh, confessing their sins to the high priest, where it says that Jesus is our high priest, that there's nothing that can separate us from a holy God more than sin. Sin separates us from a holy God. But because of Jesus and because of his death on the cross and because of his blood, we can be holy. And we can enter into the presence of a holy God. And I think that's one of the reasons I think, Kara, I like prayer so much, is the sacrifice and the price that Jesus paid so that I could go and sit before a holy Mm -hmm. and powerful God. 
And I just think, mm-hmm. you know, this time reading it, Leviticus, I just, I just really concentrated on the blood uh, and how that there's life in the blood. And that's what Jesus wanted to do. He wanted to give us life, and he wanted to do it abundantly. And you have heard it said, he gave his life so that we could have life. He paid a debt that we could not pay. And so as I think about that as you're starting to read Leviticus, two things, the importance of blood and the holiness of God. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Dot Bowen.